You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide or Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide109.com. I'm your host, Gary Harris. Justin Jones is right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. We're certainly glad that you are with us this morning, and we've got uh, an entertaining show on tap for you, and um, going to uh, have a lot to cover this morning and i'll run it all down for you here in just a second before we get started though i want to let you know this hour of the gary harris show brought to you as always by alabama credit union what type of financial institution is alabama credit union well it's voted the best company to work for in alabama so if you know that uh you're uh, the company is is great to its employees imagine how good it's going to be to its members uh that's it's a family it uh it is unbelievable. I'm glad to be associated with Alabama Credit Union. You can find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup. It's busy today, 930. Bart Heitch on hoops is going to uh, join us to break it all down. SEC basketball, uh, we're winding it down as far as the pre-conference schedule. Just a couple of weeks away from conference play cranking up. <clears throat> so we'll, uh, we'll have the latest there. Then at 10 o'clock, it's the Falcons report with D. Orlando Ledbetter. The Falcons snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. They've done that a lot in their history. Did it this past Sunday against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And uh, we'll get the latest as the Falcons, the Saints, and the uh, Buccaneers all vying for that NFC South Division Championship. Somebody's got to win it. And um, maybe it'll still be the Falcons, although that was a costly loss against the Buccaneers. Then at 10.30, my pal Jeff Spiegel, ABC 3340 in Birmingham. Going to get to some headlines here in just a moment. Let me say good morning to Justin. Always a pleasure to have him in. Justin, before we get to headlines, a national story. You know, we do a little bit of national sports here. I want to get your take on, on Draymond Green. I mean... Suspended indefinitely by the NBA, and I get a feeling this time that indefinitely may mean indefinitely. I don't know that they're ready to set a number of games yet because the bottom line is this. I mean, it just keeps happening over and over and over, and um, he always tries to talk his way out of it or has some good alter, you know, alternate reason. But uh, this latest incident against the Suns and Jurich, um I mean, you could see what he was doing. I mean, he asked, he was, he was, he said he was just trying to get away from the guy and, and sell the foul. He came around. He popped him pretty good in the, in the head. Yeah. Um, Draymond Green, man, I think overall pretty weak responses from both the coach, the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, and from Draymond again. It's something we've seen time and time again from crazy to think we've seen like, the same scenario about eight different times from different players, different, whether it's kicking, punching. Um, I just, I don't know what the fix is here. You you suspend him indefinitely, but they're going to let him practice is what I've heard. So he's still around the team. You can only hope that eventually Draymond will understand that his career might be, uh, might be coming up because of the way he acts on the court. 
Yeah, he could be getting to that point. I mean, it's just uh, what point does he become a liability for his team? I know they love <clears throat> Draymond. He is their enforcer. All those players and coaches swear by him as a teammate and a player. But, uh, you know, this is becoming a, a major issue. So I just happened to look up and see them talking about it on uh, ESPN this morning. And I said, you know, what, I'm going to get Justin's take on that because he follows uh, the NBA like I do. All right, Justin, let's go ahead and start him off this morning with some uh, Thursday morning headlines right here on the Gary Harris Show. <music> University of Alabama football fans, uh, are excited about the opportunity for the Crimson Tide to win the 2023 National Championship. They're two wins away from that, beginning with the Rose Bowl, the college football playoff semifinal against Michigan. Then if they win that one, they'll get the winner of Washington and Texas, which uh, those two teams are playing in the Sugar Bowl. The two winners from those games will play in the National Championship game in Houston. But fans are also excited <clears throat> to know what lies ahead in 2024 as the Southeastern Conference released its slate of conference games for the upcoming season. On Wednesday night, the Crimson Tide is set to compete in 12 games, including five on the road and seven inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. The complete 2024 SEC schedule was revealed last night on ESPN and the SEC Network. The SEC will once again have eight-game conference schedules. And I'll tell you something, uh, Justin, uh, this, this schedule for Alabama on paper is a doozy. I mean, it's it's a strong, strong schedule. In addition to traditional SEC rivalry games against Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU, Alabama will also face Georgia, Oklahoma, and a Missouri team that was able to go 10-2 and this season. Add to that a non-conference road trip to Wisconsin, and there'll be no shortage of big, challenging games for the Crimson Tide in 2024. The schedule does provide Alabama with two bye weeks this week, which will come before key games against Georgia and LSU. Kickoff times for the majority of the games will be announced at a later date, although we do know the Georgia game is going to be a 6-30 central game in, in Tuscaloosa, but what do you think of the schedule? I, that's what I was going to add in there, Gary, is two bye weeks. It's, uh, I think, first time we've seen this. It's going to be interesting, but especially they're going to be key during those times right before Georgia and LSU. Yeah, it has happened before. I do remember happen, it happening before, uh, although it is unusual. It does usually happen. If you see a if you see a August start date to the season, there's much more opportunity to get two bye weeks in. Uh, but I think with the toughness of the schedule – and if you are able to have the kind of season you want to have, still to play an SEC championship game, and then the potential to have to play three games in a playoff. You know, you'd hope only two, but three. It's probably a good thing, as you alluded to, to have the two bye weeks. Tuscaloosa County High School standout running back Kevin Riley is committed to the University of Miami, but with the early signing period set to begin next Wednesday, Riley's going to check out his home town program one more time according to both 24 7 sports and on three riley is going to be an official visitor at the university of alabama this weekend now riley is rated by on three as the 77 best prospect in the country and 247 sports tabs riley as the number one uh, 114 prospect in the country so some recruiting news there arkansas's outstanding running back raheem rocket sanders announced yesterday that he's transferring to south carolina for his senior season he tallied over 2200 yards rushing in three years at arkansas hampered by injuries in 2023 but in 2022 he was phenomenal he had uh, 1440 uh three yards rushing in 2022 to rank only behind Ole Miss running back Quinshad Junkins and a big, big pickup for South Carolina, which they need help with the running game and they get a proven SEC back. Some Bama in the NFL news now. Justin, you can weigh in on this too. 
The Carolina Panthers have repeatedly said they believe Bryce Young has the mental toughness and fortitude to bounce back from tough times. Well, you know they're hoping he really does because it doesn't get much tougher than it is for a rookie quarterback than Bryce Young right now in Carolina. And it might have been his worst game of the year this past Sunday against the Saints in a 28-6 loss. Uh, they even had a first and goal at the one and had to kick a field goal. But he uh, he went 13 of 36 for 137 yards. The Panthers' offense failed to reach the end zone for the third time this season. Um, he's getting hit a lot. They're not holding up and blocking. He doesn't have great weapons. I, so I certainly am not putting it all on him, but he is the quarterback. And I watched enough of that game Sunday to know even when he did have time, um, he missed some throws. And he missed one that was a, should have been a touchdown. I mean, of course, whether or not the guy would have caught it, I don't know. But he was behind the defense. Um, he is the number one overall pick. We know how great a player he is. We watched him do his thing here at Alabama for two years. But you can lose your confidence in the NFL. We've, we've seen it with Matt Jones in New England. I hope that doesn't happen to Bryce. I don't think it will. But, you know, they have the one win over the Houston Texans. So he did beat C.J. Stroud, the other rookie quarterback, you know, the number two pick who has been phenomenal this year. But, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, you say have the mental toughness and fortitude to get through tough times. But problem for this organization is I don't know they're going to be much better next year. I don't think so either. And it really hurts them that they had to trade away their first round pick to get Bryce to move into that number one spot. I know. Um, because they're not they're they're gonna need all the help they can get. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm, we're pulling for the guy. It's, and it's early in his career. The people that write him off, that's not that's not fair or, or accurate. He's he's in the first year. He could still be playing at Alabama, eligibility wise. Uh, we mentioned this yesterday. Jacksonville State coaching legend and Hall of Famer Bill Burgess passed away early Wednesday morning at the age of 82. He coached the Gamecocks for 12 seasons from 1985 through 1996. Bill Jacksonville State into one of the top Division II programs in the country. He won a national championship. He won four conference titles, won that national title in 1992. He was 82 years old and uh, was a heck of a football coach. And just kind of when you were around him, I had some experience being around him early in my career. He, he, he's what you thought about when you thought about a football coach. He just had that, that aura about him. And as we mentioned, Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green was suspended indefinitely by the NBA on Wednesday, less than 24 hours after he hit Phoenix Sun center Yusuf Nurichik in the face and um, received a flagrant two-foul and ejection. The league said the penalty handed down by Operations Chief Joe Dumars begins immediately. This is already Green's second suspension this season. So those are some headlines this morning. It's 9-12 here on the Gary Harris Show. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and jump out on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904 since Robert over in Birmingham has been on hold. And we're going to go ahead and tap into Robert before we get to the break. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, young man. How you doing? Doing all right. Hey, buddy. A uh, couple things. One, this one tidbit, I'll give you something else. Uh, Creighton got beat by 15 last night. I know. I saw UNLV, that. UNLV, yeah. And they were, they were a 15-point favorite. So either they're not as good or they're going to be very upset or both on Saturday when we play them. So that's, we'll, we'll find out. But, uh, hey, the main, the main thing, everybody wants to reveal thing last night. It's basically turned into the NFL on what's going on with the schedule. But question for you. The main thing is the main thing, and that's what? To make the playoff going forward, right? Nothing else matters for the most part, in my opinion. This this devaluing the FC Championship, in my opinion. But the main thing is to make the playoff. Why in the heck are we playing Wisconsin? Because the strength of schedule doesn't matter anymore. Well, I think when this this, uh, 
It could be a situation when this game was put together, they had not announced the plans for the expanded playoff. I don't know. I, I, I know, it, too, though, that Saban, Saban had said after years of the um, neutral site big games that he wanted to start playing some of these home and aways. You know, they went to Texas last right. year. Texas came here this year. They're going to Wisconsin. They got future, you know, games against uh, Notre Dame and others. So it's just uh, it's just the way that, that they want to – you know, build the schedule to keep the, the fan interest for all the money they're asking for from the fans. I don't feel like they feel like you can just play your conference but schedule you and, a bunch, and four nobodies. So, uh, you know, they want to they want to sprinkle in one of these big non-conference games. I like it. I just I'm, we're trying to get the playoff. That's what I mean. It doesn't matter how you you know the the, the strength of schedule. Obviously, the committee doesn't care anymore. And what's going to happen is you're going to have a nine and three SEC team. Is trying to get an at-large bid next year against a two-loss, uh, what, a two-loss North Carolina, Oklahoma State type team, and you know, and they hadn't played any, anything near the type of schedule we have. I, I just, I can see that that's where that's where the ar- argument. Yeah, or you be. might be an SEC, yeah. a nine and three SEC team that gets in, and you might wind up playing one of those uh, twelve and zero group of five teams too. That's well, that's, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I, I, I mean, the, what's the what's the new norm? Can you lose three and get in? Possibly when you're playing those yeah. kind. And that, that's that's the bear that I just, I disagree. They, we, we, you can cancel games. I know that they did it before the twelve game playoff was scheduled, but I don't know. I just that's just um, I just I don't think I don't agree with it. But it's all about that. You know, the, as Sankey said, it's all about the good, good playing that that team. That guy came from Cincinnati. That will be a not you know be a knockdown down drag out game. You know, I think I think we have a week off before we play Georgia. I think so. We'll get to recover. But this is going to be a physical game. I just don't think we need to play it. But and also the other thing I'm going to tell you about hang up, you better have a backup quarterback going forward. Oh, absolutely. You're play this many hard games. You're so whatever Ty Simpson wants, bam, Julian say the same guy won't be ready. And I don't know if Lawrence really ready for prime time. Uh, we we've proven if we give Ty enough time to, to pass, he can pass. He can run. So um, whatever he needs, pay him. So we need him on the schedule. No, we need him on the roster next year. See you, man. It hoops games coming up. See you. Thank you, Robert. All right, uh, before we get to break, too, I want to mention one more NBA a note that I did not mention in headlines. Uh, Giannis last night had 64 for the Bucks against the Pacers, 140 to 126. And um, 64 is the Milwaukee Bucks franchise record. And you got to remember, uh, the Bucks had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Oscar Robertson, uh, many other great scorers, man, in their history. So to be the single-game scoring record Guy is big for Giannis, but what made it really even more interesting is that they had a little scuffle after the game about the ball because uh, Giannis wanted to get the ball for scoring 64, and he rushed the visitors' locker room toward the visitors' locker room because the Pacers had taken the ball for Oscar Shebe, the former Kentucky player, who scored his first official NBA point in the contest. And that led to a confrontation between members of the teams in the arena hallway. Um, was a little bit of a scuffle. And um, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Listen. Giannis wants a ball, but it's like the head coach of the Pacers, Rick Carlisle, said. There are two game balls. Um we could have taken the other one. It didn't need to escalate to that. And, uh, I, you know, I agree, you know, handle it, handle it civilly. It's a basketball, you know, as long as it was used in the game, 
it, you know, what's it matter if it was the one that started the game or one that was used, you know, in the second half or whatever. But uh, 64 points is a lot of points, but I understand the Pacers too. Shwebe getting his first points in the NBA game, that's significant as well. But you know what? A lot of adrenaline, professional athletes. This is the third time these two teams have played in the last two and a half weeks. So already probably a little bit edgy, and uh, it led to that. All right, 918, we're going to get to our first time out this hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll come back. We're wide open for phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. And at 930, we're going to visit with Bart Heitch on hoops. So uh, keep it dialed in right here to the Gary Harris Show. Back after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere, at any time, with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On today's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we'll be joined by CTSN football sideline reporter Christian Miller. Our sights are now on the national championship in the college football playoffs, but I'd like to, you know, take a step back and, and really enjoy this because, you know, earning the SEC championship, uh, you know, reputation and, in, 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 uh, you know, honors is, is a really big deal, right? It, people sometimes overlook it or it gets overshadowed because here our standard is so high, right? We have a standard of national championships, but, you know, earning that SEC championship, especially in the last year that they're doing the East and West, I thought was really cool. And just going all the way back to, you know, the first few games of this season and looking at this football team, um, you know, they got the, 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 you know, let all naysayers know there's a lot of naysayers early on, right? You know, things were, you know, we were trying to figure ourselves out as a team, you know, people were trying to figure out, hey, you know, what does this team want to be? And ultimately they figured themselves out. I'll have more in a moment. CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit cbsbank.com today. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Join us this afternoon for Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, streaming live at 2 p.m. Central on all CTSN social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by CBNS Bank. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Attention holiday shoppers. Ever wonder if after a... Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. Tuscaloosa's high 62. Tonight fair with the low at 38. Tomorrow partly to mostly sunny with a high at 61. Saturday a dry day, but clouds will increase. The high Saturday afternoon at 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 922, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. And uh, we got uh, Bart Heights on hoops coming up in the next segment. And really want to jump into this SEC slate because uh, 
I don't know right now. The conference to me looks looks good. It doesn't look great. It looks, you know, I mean, pretty pedestrian. Some of the non-conference losses have been bad, but we'll get to, we'll get Bart's opinion on that. But speaking of the SEC, as we talked about, schedule release uh, show last night on ESPN and the SEC Network, and we already kind of ran down the Alabama schedule. We got here five or six minutes before we have to get the break, Justin. I'm going to go through some other uh, just. First of all, have you seen the end of have you seen the end of Florida's Florida's last five games? Oh my lord! Look that up real quick. Just look up Florida's schedule and then look at their final five games uh, for the season. And pull that up and and uh, and we'll rattle them off in a moment. But I'm just going to go through some week by week stuff here. Uh, August kickoff this year. That's I guess you, when you're going to get if you're ever going to get a double buy, it's usually going to be when the season starts in August and. Uh, we're going to have the double bye this year. But that first uh, that first weekend of games, um, Alabama hosts Western Kentucky. But there, there are some to catch your attention. Miami is at Florida. Georgia goes to Clemson. Those are two, two games right there. Now, those are attention getters right there. Notre Dame is at Texas A&M. How about that? That's a season opener, too, isn't yes. it? Virginia Tech is at Vanderbilt, you know, and even though it's Vanderbilt, Virginia Tech's a, a big-time opponent. And then LSU will play USC out in Las Vegas. So that week one schedule, yeah, it's got Western Kentucky to Alabama. It's got Pine Bluff at Arkansas. It's got Alabama A&M at Auburn. And Auburn does it again. They're the only team I think that they didn't do it this year, but they have more seasons where they don't play a home, away game until October. That's the case again this year. Look at their schedule. They do not play a road game. Their first five games are at home. I don't know how that happens when you have conference games worked in there like that. But With our schedule, Gary, do you think the opening season neutral site where we usually would play in Atlanta or in, in Dallas is gone away? Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, all yeah that's what we were talking about earlier with, with Robert. They're, they're scheduling these uh, home and aways with these big opponents, but getting them, you know, getting them on campus. Yeah, I, not saying they won't play another one, but for the near future, they seem gone. Week two, Alabama will host South Florida. Other uh, games to look at, Cal with that return trip to Auburn after Auburn went out there this past year. You've got uh, South Carolina at Kentucky as you get a as you get an SEC versus SEC matchup. Mississippi State's at Arizona State. Tennessee plays North Carolina State in Charlotte. Texas travels to Michigan. So those are some games from week two to keep an eye on. And then week three, a big one for Alabama. They travel to Madison, Wisconsin, one of the most, you know, I, I have had an opportunity to go up there one year when I was traveling with a basketball team, the Cole Center, but we had something happen and I did not get to go. And I've always wanted to go to that campus. They say it's gorgeous. And, of course, Camp Randall is a famous stadium. So that will be a big one for Alabama at Wisconsin. Let's see other games. A&M's at Florida. Georgia's at Kentucky. Ole Miss is at Wake Forest. Uh, LSU at South Carolina. We're starting to get into more conference play now. Week four, um, Alabama's on bye that week. Arkansas is at Auburn. UCLA's at LSU. A couple games of interest there. you got more conference games starting to crank up. Tennessee at Oklahoma, Josh Heupel goes back to where he played and led the Sooners to a national championship. Week five, Alabama hosts Georgia. That'll be the marquee game that week for sure. Oklahoma's also at Auburn. That's a big one. you got SEC versus SEC that week. Nothing but SEC games. Same thing in week six, all conference games, including Alabama at Vanderbilt. Week seven, Alabama hosts South Carolina. Let's see, you got Ole Miss at LSU, Texas versus Oklahoma in Dallas, now an SEC game, Florida at Tennessee. That's a big week. Week eight, 
Bama's at Tennessee. Georgia's at Texas. Auburn's at Missouri. Some big games that week, week nine. Bama hosts Missouri. Oklahoma's at Ole Miss. LSU's at Texas A&M. Some big games that weekend, week 10. That's Alabama's second bye. Florida plays Georgia in Jacksonville. Kentucky's at Tennessee. A couple of the big games that weekend. Then week 11, Alabama at LSU. Georgia at Ole Miss. Florida at Texas. Some of the big games. Week 12, Alabama hosts Mercer. But Tennessee's at Georgia. Texas is at Arkansas, renewing that rivalry. LSU at Florida. Week 13, Alabama's at Oklahoma. A&M's at Auburn. Kentucky's at Texas. Ole Miss at Florida. Then week 14, we wrap it up. Alabama, of course, hosts Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Florida is at Florida State. Georgia Tech at Georgia. Louisville at Kentucky. Oklahoma at LSU. Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Arkansas at Missouri. South Carolina at Clemson. Texas at Texas A&M. There you go. And Tennessee at Vanderbilt. All right, you got that Florida schedule pulled up. Look, right, read off those final five games back to back to back to yeah. back. Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State. That's and a, if, if you go even seven games back, we'll go before Georgia. Kentucky and Tennessee are no, no slouch either. No, especially that's with a, that's their own. They're playing like two playoffs. Yeah, right plus there. they play. Plus they play Miami. To start, to yep. open the season, Miami so they don't have. They're playing Miami and Florida State out of conference, so that leaves you eight conference games. Who are their two nondescript opponents for them? Uh, UCF and Samford, and that's UCF's no gimme. Alzon's <laughs> been been getting them up over there. So really, Samford is the only gimme game they've got. You would think because yeah, UCF that's another in-state rivalry. Um, wow! So you're playing. Give Florida credit. They're playing UCF. Florida State and Miami. That's great for your fan base in terms of interest, but you better win some of those games. All right, 928, we'll break away. When we come back, we'll be talking uh, hoops instead of football as we'll get into some SEC basketball with Bart Heights. Also, I want to remind you before we go to the break that the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is, uh, boy, it's a great facility, great equipment, brand-new cardio equipment. I've been talking about it for a while. Get by and check them out at 2300 13th Street downtown. You can find out more at ymcatuscaloosa.com or give them a call, 205-345-9622. Do what I did more than 20 years ago. Become a member of the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. We're back with Bart Heights on Hoops next right here on the Gary Harris Show. It's time to ring in the new year right. Bama, a winner over the Georgia Bulldogs, claiming the SEC title. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Our coverage starts at 1 on New Year's Day on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meet and three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup Salad or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Glover basketball here on the Jerry Harris Show. And uh, we love it so much that we get one of the best to come on and talk about it. He's going to be back with us weekly this year on Thursday today. But going forward, we're going to have Bart Heitch on Wednesdays. His appearance today is brought to you by NextGameHoops.com. And, of course, the former Mississippi State Final Four guard and um, outstanding high school athlete here in the state of Alabama. Going to be doing some football, too, broadcasting. I'm going to talk to him about that because Bart was a great high school football player. So he's a versatile guy, but uh, mainly our focus is going to be on SEC hoops going forward. Hey, good morning, Bart. How you doing, man? Doing great. Um, Let's jump right in because first, before we get into specific teams and games, I just, and I know that's why I like to pick your brain because you've follow it closer than I do. You've got a player's eye on it, and, and maybe I'm overreacting, but I'm not that impressed. I'm just going to be honest with you, with the SEC right now. I, I'm not saying it's not a good league. I think it is. Uh, but, I'm you know, just based on the non-conference, and that's really all we have to go on right now, and I know Ole Miss is 9-0, and but um, I see some good teams. I don't know right now. Maybe Kentucky, now that they got the rim protectors, you know, ready to go. Uh, I mean, everybody keeps talking about Tennessee, and I get it, but they've got three losses. I mean, you've, we've talked about Mississippi State losing at home to Southern University, Jack, Missouri losing at home to Jackson State. Quit scheduling the SWAC, SEC teams. Uh, <laughs> Alabama's, you know, played a tough schedule, but, you know, you got to beat some of these teams, too. They'll get another crack at Creighton on Saturday. But I just, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed right now by the SEC, Bart. Tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Um, you sound pretty emphatic about that, Gary Harris. I mean, uh, and I have to... I have to lean your way. The, the big wins are not there. That's you know, what, the yeah, that, that, I guess that's what I'm saying. There's been a lot of big win opportunities for this conference, exactly. and they just really have not gotten them. Now, this is going to sound wild, but from a Ken Palm, from a looking at the tournament way too early bracket predictions and a lot of things, those things come out now, and you can kind of follow them to a degree if that makes sense. And the SEC is okay in that because a lot of the bottom or what we thought were going to be the bottom of the half. The Ole Miss and South Carolina carrying the conference yeah, right now. Didn't see that one coming. I mean, and Ole Miss, I mean, I mean, you got to give Chris Beard credit because they're winning close games and West Flanagan Um, the transition for Alex Flanagan um, and Brakefield's playing well. Uh, so, you know, Ole Miss, it's kind of that team. You don't really, I still think no, but you remember a few years ago, Florida ran through a 17-0 season. Nobody thought they were any good, and they ended up winning the national championship under Billy Donovan. So when you got some time, kind of big coaches, and we got big-time coaches in this league, um, you know, anything's possible. I agree with you on Tennessee. Wisconsin wins, eh. But other than that, I, I just don't – I'm seeing the same Tennessee that's going to have problems scoring, especially on the road. Me too. They'll be able to get stops. They'll play physical. Um, A&M's backcourt has not been great, but they hadn't been able to play together, if that makes sense. You know, those those two guys are dynamic. Uh, they're getting a big back. Kentucky is the one, though. I, I do think, and I'm, I'm never huge on Kentucky. I'm always kind of a hater. But I, I like the Kentucky team. I want to see what they are now, if that makes sense. Mississippi State's having a problem getting stopped, Gary. Yeah. Uh, last <laughs> night? <laughs> last night could have gotten beat last yeah. night. Sure could have. 85-81 uh, over Murray State for, for Bart's uh, dogs last night. And I guess tied with about a minute to go. Already lost yeah. at home to Southern. You sure could have afforded a loss last night. and and uh, But I was surprised to see that game in the 80s. They were, up ni- they were up 19. You know, and then all of a sudden it's like there's a switch that flips. 
You know, and that's the thing when you have a lot of players that, mm-hmm. that play. You know, Auburn may go through some of this on the road a little bit. Um, Alabama's got a lot of players. You've got to stop, decide who to play together, when to play together. Right. All these different combinations. Now you're going to have people coming back. You know, All-Americans and possibly in, in Mississippi State's case, what are you going to do with those minutes? How are you going to divvy them up? And it's choppy, if that makes sense, especially defensively. So, but the veterans for Mississippi State, um, to finish this up, the veterans are the ones that have been in the games at the end at home when they've been getting beat or almost getting beat. And that is something that it, no one thought, no one saw coming from the Bulldogs. You look uh, at last night, too. Auburn, of course, played up in Huntsville against UNC Asheville and, and, and won that one going away, 87-62. But, of course, a lot of focus is going to be on um, – Auburn on Sunday because USC comes in there with Bronny James and there's a lot of chatter that LeBron might be uh, in the building. So uh, that'll be a hoop centric atmosphere on Sunday for the Tigers. So they're seven and two. Um, they're another one of these teams that they're a good team. I don't know if they're a great team, but boy, they'll have a chance uh, because of all the, the hysteria and hype on that game Sunday to make a statement at home against a team. Frankly, they should beat. They should. Um, and Bronny, um, they got another freshman who's really good. I think y'all will be impressed with us uh, also. But, uh, you know, Andy Angle's been out there a while, um, or was out there a while. And it, I'm anxious to see um, a Pac 12 team come. We don't have that happen a lot. You know, mm-hmm. come to Alabama, come to, uh, you know, Gonzaga came. I think it's kind of trending that, that Nate Oates has scheduled outside um, of just the normal footprint. He's also recruited outside the normal footprint. There, in turn, and who you're playing, you bring in Los Angeles, you might get LeBron coming. You know, if LeBron comes, I'll bet he might stop by and see Coach Saban and the boys, though. That might uh, that might all kind of just work out if this happens. That wouldn't be surprising. Uh, you know, that's pretty good to have that kind of pull. But, you know, I expect Alabama to win. I expect Alabama to score a lot of points. I expect there to be a ton of points scored in this game. We talked about Grant Nelson last week. He got hot over there on that wing early. And, like, him getting along, him getting going, um, I think he may be that X-factor guy. That if you can consistently get it from him nightly, 16 to 18, I mean, Sears, Sears can't take 25 shots a game, uh, Gary. Those are going to turn into a lot of losses um, like a couple of weeks ago or like last week. So I'm, I'm anxious. I want to see Alabama guard. That's what I want to see. I want to see the stops. I want to see the rim protection. I want to see the activity on the backboards. And that typically happens at home in non-conference big games for Nate Oates. You would go back to that Houston game a couple of years ago at home that was so electric. This is a game Alabama should win, and I think they will win. Well, Creighton got run last night at, at UNLV, which may not be a good thing for Alabama. But speaking of Alabama and the schedule, I mean, you got to give it to, to to Oates. I mean, they've already played well, played a really good Indiana State team, but they've already played Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson, and Purdue. And let's go back to the Purdue game because Bama had a chance there to win that game. Um, and, and Oates didn't make a big deal about it, but you know, you know, he's going to get to the free throw line. And the good thing about him, if you're Purdue is he makes them, you don't, you know, you don't have guys that big all the time. They're good free throw shooters. You won 11, 11, they go 24, 28, Alabama goes nine of 14 to cancel out the fact that they made 19 three point shots and they lose the game. But watching that game and it isn't going to be just Alabama, but officiating is going to be so important when you play Purdue, if they're going to let Edie get to his spot, I mean, half the time in the paint and not call three seconds and foul guys out trying to guard him. Um, I mean, you could say, well, you got to push him off his spot, but it's hard to do. I mean, and and if he's just going to be allowed just to post there and sit there and wait on the ball, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat that team. I mean, I, I really thought that, you know, Alabama 
I, I really thought it was one of their better defensive games. They played hard on the defensive end. They tried to get physical with the guy. They tried to – but you saw the result. He goes to the free throw line 11 times. Um I mean, that's going to be a hard t- team to beat if Edie is just allowed just to go right where he wants. And and I thought a lot of times Barty was in the paint too long and, and you know, they just wouldn't blow the whistle. Well, it's just different. It's a different dynamic than you're going to see, you know, with the hype down in the other part of the state. So, like, if, if, if this, is a, this is a game that uh, Alabama's going to have problems, Gary, with um, – Big, fundamental post players that can score it and pass it. Okay, you didn't have that problem last year with Bediaco. We're going to keep talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see a lot more double teams. You're going to see, and a lot of these teams have really learned, especially like a Matt Painter, especially um, like um, Creighton, and what they're able to do out of the double team because these guys can pass it to good. Cockerbender can play, man. Um, and they got a couple of pieces. Um, and a lot of people from Alabama understand it. You know, a lot of eyes on, will be on this game. Tyler Davis, or Ty Davis is going to play at Creighton. Uh, we had Tyler Davis on our podcast last night. Just talking about basketball in Alabama. And this is a big-time game. Don't get it twisted, man. Um, and this would be a huge resume-building win um, for Alabama. Uh, wins like this are not going to be as big as wins like off for Auburn at home. Uh, against USC, just those home games, but those road quad one wins, those are where the gold is. And this is a perfect opportunity for Alabama. I expect Alabama to play well, man. I, you know, other than Marquette, um, and Creighton's good, you know, who's really that dominant in the Big East right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, that we've seen. So I, I think Alabama will go in here and play well. I also expect this one to be high-scoring. Um, but I expect both Alabama teams that one at home, one on the road to win this weekend. Um, and it'll be really good for the SEC if they do, but just like anything else, Alabama can't go through that laws where they miss shots and turn it over. If that makes sense. Like when they just turn it over here and there, it doesn't like drastically kill you. But when they're missing shots and they go cold for a brief minute, they miss, they don't score three out of four trips and you turn it over three out of four trips. That's when Alabama gets in trouble and they get pounded on the inside and pounded at the free throw line as well. They got to stay, stay out of foul trouble, make shots, and keep Creighton off the free throw line um, if you want to win this weekend. If you don't win, let me let me just throw this out there. Um, you know, you're playing three top ten teams in a row, but and, and none of them are at home. <laughs> you know, you got Purdue and Toronto, Creighton and Omaha, and then you get uh, Arizona out in Phoenix. Let's say you lose all three of those games and. Um, you beat Eastern Kentucky, getting Liberty, and let's say that you're a, you're, you know, right around 500 team in the SEC. Because I think that Alabama could be that. I, I think they could be better. But I th- let's just say, how much, is, even in the fact that you played a tough non-conference schedule, going to work against you if you don't have the the number of wins that the committee is usually looking for to put you in the tournament? Could this could this backfire on Alabama uh, playing this kind of schedule if they if they're not able to beat Creighton? Or obviously, if they beat Arizona, it'd be huge. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, Gary, there's a lot of games on that schedule that you just got to really get a couple, man. They're number 12 in the Kim Pong. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know they're not, that, 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 I'm telling you, that's the one I look at. Okay. That's the one to me. You think that's that matters. The, the main one for the committee? Well, that's the one that, that's the one that Nate Oates is looking at. Yeah, I know. So I don't know if it's the right one or the wrong re- one. He references it all the time, yeah. Period. But that, it's the one that I think bas- the, the basketball. Uh, ball guys, you know, basketball heads. That's the one that they look at 
with the most consistency of how it's done, whatever algorithms are used, whatever. It's just kind of like that. I, I, I think Alabama's a tournament team, yes, if they're 500 in the SEC. Now, I don't think, to your point earlier, I don't think 500 in the SEC is going to be as um, attractive as it probably has been in the last few years. But, it's here, but Gary, we still got four or five games um, out of conference games. Mississippi State still plays Rutgers. That's a chance. I know they're not great, but that's a Big Ten win. You know, there's games like that, too, that – the, the league has been, you know, winning the majority of those. Um, and then when the league is lost, like, let's say like, and obviously no state schedule, but when, when state has lost or Alabama has lost, look who Clemson's beat. Look who Georgia Tech has beat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then some of these teams that Alabama's, so I'm just telling you that system works. Follow the Kim Pom. Kim Pom. I, I, that could be about right. I actually expect Alabama to finish a little I actually expect them to finish better than 500. I think Auburn and Alabama, and I'm going to make this statement, other than Arkansas, okay, I think Auburn and Alabama have the possibly best two home court advantages in the SEC. When's the last time that we were able to say that? And I think that shows you that if that's the case, people are going. That also means people are watching across the nation. Um, I, I just think it's national basketball now other than just conference basketball, and that's why I think, you know, 500 will get them in. All right, let's get to Ole Miss because they are 9-0 and Chris Beard is a terrific coach and we know what happened in Texas, but he landed at Ole Miss. And, but it's, it just shows you what a fine line there is in, in basketball or any sport from being, you know, 9-0 to 5-4. and four. I mean, they have got a 1.1 over Detroit Mercy, a 3.1 over Sam Houston, a 1.1 over Temple, a 3.1 over Memphis, which is their best win, and a 2.1 over UCF. Now, they do have a couple blowout wins in there, too, uh, including a 20.1 over NC State, which is impressive. But um, they're winning, but that margin for error is not very uh, is not very big. It can Do you see this continuing once they get into SEC play? Uh, I mean, the, the, Alex Flanagan has found his perfect spot. Okay, and he does a lot of things for this team, especially defensively. He's he's going to be this year one of the top two way players in the league. Yeah, he's flourishing. Not that he wasn't good at Auburn, but you're right. He's taking the next step under Beard at Ole Miss. You're absolutely right. Well, when you have a Bruce Pearl type team, it's always going to have guards that are going to dominate, dominate, dominate the ball because it's so ball screen heavy. You can't find and play through those matchup guys like Flanagan. That's what Wes has always wanted for his son. Let's mm-hmm. just keep it real. Mm-hmm. That's literally and it did not end well at Auburn. Right. Beard understands this kid this kid has got pro type skills. Right. He just can't shoot it. Right. There's a ton of guys like that in the league. Oh, that have sure, gone there in are. Bruce, sure there are, yeah. Bruce how about Bruce Bowen? But here's the difference in Flanagan. Gary, I talk about it all the time. He's left handed. That's a big deal, man. And when he gets going down left hand, he can create great post feeder. They've gotten good post play. But Murray, the guard Murray's been the one that I that I have been uh, impressed with. He's playing a lot of minutes, making a lot of right decisions, making a lot of right plays. But they guard. They're guarding people, and they don't give up a bunch of rebounds, man. They don't beat themselves. They don't turn it over. They don't give up offensive rebounds. And that's how you win all those close games. You're not scoring every trip down, um, but you're doing just enough that, breeds culture change and i have said this for about the last month as soon as we can get chris beard and lane kiffin out of oxford the better as mississippi state fans because this guy's going to win wherever he is um and he's already proven it um with what some thought would be an underachieving team they're at the top of the sec right now gary you mentioned flanning being left-handed being a defensive guy but can score getting the baskets a little bit 
you know, not unlike Herb Jones and what he did at Alabama, right? That's very Ferris. That's a very – I don't think he's as long and dynamic. Um, but I do think he could – he's not as long, but he might be a little bit more athletic. Yeah, might that be. makes sense. It does. Herb's length, Herb's length is, is <laughs> uh, uncomparable, in my opinion, at the wing position. Uh, so he would be as elite as it gets in the world right there. But, yeah, Flanagan's one of those guys, man. Um, and I'm glad for Wes, man. I've known Wes a long time, you know, and I'm just proud for him and proud it's worked out, even though it is off 78 in Oxford, not 45. Highway 78, not Highway 45. Uh, but Ole Miss buddy of mine, been going back and forth about that. All right. Uh, let's, let's jump out the uh, outside the SEC for a moment. I want to ask you about the, the Louisville deal uh, and Kenny Payne. I mean, I – I just don't see how they can get through the season with the guy. I mean, it's a disaster. I mean, it is a disaster. They lost again last night to Arkansas State. Give it up for Ryan Hudson and the Red Wolves. Uh, but you got, you know, they put out a statement of players transferring. He says he never asked to transfer. Um, you know, he's saying weird things to the media. It just it just looks – and this is Louisville, man. This is, this is one of the most basketball tradition-heavy programs in, in the country. I mean – What's going on there? I mean, how, how do you even finish the season right now with the way this thing is trending with, with him as the head coach? Um, Before I answer that, I'm going to say this. You know, a lot of people don't realize that right before Rick Ray was hired, he was almost the head basketball coach at Mississippi State. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but that almost happened uh, over a Final Four weekend. And Scott Strickland made the decision on the way back not to do that. I don't know if it would have turned out any different for us um, as the way it did. Uh, but shout out to Coach Ray. I love Rick. It didn't work out. But I, I don't um, – there's a reason he never got a job and was there as an assistant all those years, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was the, 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 the you know, how, how you communicate with the media. You know, and, and you're, you're a media guy. You know, you, you, can, you can feel when a coach is uncomfortable in situations. Mm-hmm. To me, it's almost like it's an annoyance to him. He wishes he didn't have to do it. So communication, not only to the media, but to the fan base, like you're hearing these things that, and it's just, you know, it's kind of been bad since he got there and hasn't turned around. Um, I think he deserved a shot, um, but he may be one of those lifetime assistant coaches. This is Louisville. And I'll say this, the ACC is better than it was last year. North Carolina is is back um, a little bit. And some of these teams, Georgia Tech's on the come up. Boston College and Earl Grant are not going to be anything to do, uh, uh, easy to deal with. Kevin Keats, all this con- – these teams are, have hired coaches from smaller schools that are flourishing. Um, look at what Clemson's doing. Louisville's kind of down right now. And Rick Pitino's at St. John's stirring up stuff like Dion. Man, um, yeah. I don't know how long it'll be. I don't know how long it'll be before he – I don't know how long it'll be before um, they let go of him, but it will be this year. All right. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, word about uh, nextgamehoops.com. Nextgamehoops.com. We did the podcast last night. Had uh, Tyler Davis and Mike Chase now at Orange Beach, not Clay Chalva or Stainport. Uh, and we're just talking ball, man. Um, and so the NGH podcast, it will post uh, probably in, I think, this afternoon maybe. Uh, but just check it out, man. Um, we're going to be all over the place. I'm going to be going to games. Next week, uh, Hype Hoops will be in Jasper Tuesday and Wednesday 
Um, I mean, Tuscaloosa teams, Birmingham teams, Coleman teams, uh, Jasper, and teams for Fort Myers, uh, excuse me, Myers Park, North Carolina, top 20 program, Norcross, Georgia, top 20 program. Basketball big time is coming to Walker County, Alabama. Shout out to Heath Burns. We'll be there every day, Tuesday and Wednesday. Check it out online at the Heights 22 Twitter. And we're out of time, but tell us real quickly, you're going to be doing some color for football, right, coming up? Yeah, well, actually, I'm doing Mississippi State, North Texas on ESPN Network uh, or SEC Network Plus uh, on Saturday, on Sunday. I'll be on the call, my first Mississippi State game in the state of Mississippi, and then I'll be doing football, South Alabama bowl game next Saturday. All right, good stuff. Thanks, Bart. All right, man. See you. All right, we'll be back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Are you ready for the ultimate touch? Haven't already? You've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build your own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205 345 5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. Tuscaloosa's high 62. Tonight fair with the low at 38. Tomorrow partly to mostly sunny with a high at 61. Saturday a dry day, but clouds will increase. The high Saturday afternoon at 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 956 is going to wrap it up for hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Become a member of Alabama Credit Union and uh, you'll be glad you did. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Hour number two is coming up, but we're going to start it off with the Falcons report with my pal D. Orlando Ledbetter, Jeff Spiegel at 930. More of your phone calls and sports talk right here on the Gary Harris Show. Hour number two is on the way. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wire. NBA last night as the Bucks beat the Pacers 140 to 126. Giannis setting a new franchise record with a career high. 64 points. It breaks the previous record held by Michael Red, who had 57. 76ers blow up the Pistons 129-111 as Detroit has now suffered a franchise record 21 consecutive losses. San Antonio extends their franchise record losing streak to 18, although they did come close in a comeback. They were down 18 entering the fourth quarter and fall just short to the LA Lakers losing it 122-119. to College hoops action, a couple of upsets among ranked teams. Number eight, Creighton Falls to UNLV 79-67. 25th ranked Northwestern upended at home by Chicago State 75-73. In the NHL game of the night last night, Devils beat the Bruins 2-1 in overtime as Jack Hughes got the game-winning goal in the sudden death period. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. 
some Northport residents opposed to the plan to sell the Northport Community Center started a GoFundMe account to raise money to challenge it in court. Now that the city has scrapped those plans, they are returning that money to the donors. But they also want to see the city upgrade the park and the community center. Tuscaloosa City Councilman Cassius Lanier has made payments to the tax board of all back taxes, and now a judge has dismissed all failure to pay charges. Former Tuscaloosa heavyweight boxing champion Deontay Wilder has a fight schedule for Anthony Joshua, but each must win their next fight. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Sports Updates. Severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play by play for Alabama Sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, and it is uh, being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson literally wrote the book on automobile injury cases in Alabama. The ultimate guide to automobile injury cases in Alabama. You're entitled to a fair and full recovery. Know how to get it. Contact them free today to get your free copy. Go to PattersonComerLawFirm.com. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, feet on the ground in West Alabama. I think that's important. Again, find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, local in West Alabama. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we're going to kick off this second hour, as we do every Thursday, with D. Orlando Ledbetter, the esteemed beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and the AJC.com, covering the Atlanta Falcons. It's a, it's a beat that he's been on for a while, and he knows better than most how the Atlanta Falcons can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Orlando, good morning. They did it again Sunday at home against Tampa Bay. Had a chance to to go up two games on the Bucks, sweep them in the regular season, um, you know, be a game up on the Saints, and instead they just absolutely lose a game they should have won. And now you look up, and it's a three-way tie in the NFC South. The Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints all six and seven. Yeah, no question. Gary had the lead there with 322 to go. Uh, couldn't get it. Couldn't get a stop. Uh, had a fourth and one. Couldn't stop them. Had a third and ten, and then they hit a 32-yard play on that and went on in for the score. Another Falcons collapse. But, you know, all's not lost. They're all six and seven with four to play, and the Falcons have the weakest schedule of the three teams. So they're trying to keep their heads up and trying to move forward in flowery branch. And I agree. You have to do it. You are still tied for the division lead, although it's uh, uh, obviously a mediocre division, and I get that. But the regret, though, too, I mean, I know you have to move on, but to know, like I said, you got a chance to, to really put Tampa Bay practically out of it still be up a game on the saints you're at home and the thing that frustrated me watching that game was i watched most of the game and felt like the falcons were a better football team yet they didn't get the dub yeah no doubt they were definitely the better football team uh but as in uh the case in several other games this year they had major blunders the interception on the screen you missed Bijan robinson in the flat for a walk-in touchdown Cost you four points, you have to settle four field goals. Uh, you missed two field goals, that's six points. You had four-point swing, 
you know, just a lot of uh, mistakes there that were very, very costly in the end by the Atlanta Falcons. Indeed. And uh, let's get to Ritter because, uh, my gosh, he threw for 347 yards. Uh, Drake London had a monster game with 172 yards in, re- in receiving. But still, I, th- I think with Ritter, you you focus on, like you said, the plays that he doesn't make. And and they're just glaring at times. Yeah, the uh, ball handling. Um, you know, he, he had a couple drop interceptions, too. But the one interception really wasn't his fault. Um, the uh, Kyle Pitts and Ben Jefferson both blocked the same guy, which left Carlton Davis free, and he ran straight to the ball. And, you know, Ritter's mistake on that play was he faked the handoff instead of just taking a snap and then throwing it out there. And then Davis wouldn't have had time to get out there. But, yeah, whatever, how technically sound or prepackaged the plays are, um, you know, he's got to execute him at a higher level than what he's been doing. All right, Orlando, you have uh, brought some, some, you know, some calmness to the situation because you're right. The Falcons, based on the schedule, should still win this thing. Uh, they should still win the NFC South. But let's just cut to the chase. Uh, this game Sunday at Carolina up in Charlotte. I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a need to win should win. This is a gotta win game. I mean, you gotta win this game. I mean, as much as I hate it for Bryce Young, I mean, Carolina is awful. I mean, their offense is maybe as bad offense as I've seen in the NFL. It's worse than the Jets to me. And uh, so for the Falcons, this is not one of those, well, uh, we need to win this game. It's a road game. This is a gotta win game, right? Yeah, no question about it, um, Gary. And uh, one thing Carolina has been doing is running the football, trying to you know, just kind of run the clock on the season and get to the offseason as quick as they can uh, with Chubba Hubbard, Miles, Miles Sanders, and then Bryce is running more to get out of trouble, which, you know, hey, he's been sacked 48 times. So I don't think he was sacked 48 times the whole time in Alabama. No. So he's having a tough, tough first year. So, yeah, you got to beat these guys, stop the run, get out of there. Uh, you're, you're in no position to overlook anybody. Uh, and I think the coach is going to be very clear with that message to the Atlanta Falcons. Speaking of the coach, Arthur Smith, I, I mean, I still, I'm just lukewarm on this guy. There's just something about him that just does not inspire confidence to me. But uh, how do the players like playing for the guy? How, how do the, you know, you're around them. I mean, do they, they think he's a good coach? Are they happy with his leadership? Well, you know, what's, you know, Arthur Blake in the front office, you told me in the past, they're, they're 100% behind the guy. Uh, what about the head coach? How's it, how's it working with him? Well, I think they're going to let us know in these next four games if they quit on him or if they keep fighting. You know, so far they've been fighting, uh, you know, uh, even last year, 7 and 10, the year before that. We haven't seen them just go out and lay an egg for a whole game. We've seen them collapse at the end. But, uh, but you know, that was before his uh, tenure. The one thing that I'm a little bit concerned about, uh, 43 games in, I think I added it up this morning, 734 plus 13. Yeah, 47 games in is that they've only scored over 30 points one time. You're kidding he's me. Supposed to be a, he's You're supposed kidding. to be an offensive coach. No. One no, time one over time. 30 points? One time over 30 there was three other games that they scored 30, but only one time over 30, and that was 37-34 last year over Carolina. And two of the 30-point games came in Matt Ryan's year. So, um, 
He's supposed to be an offensive genius. He can't get 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 up thirty points on a regular basis. Uh, that's a little bit troubling. I think forty three games in. Defensively, um, you know, I mean, what do you think of this defense? It's 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 up and down too, like the whole like the whole team. But you know, they played some really good defense a lot of the time on Sunday. But as you alluded to, when they had to get stops, they weren't able to do it. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, they're able to hang in games because of the play of the secondary. And you got Jesse Bates back there. You still don't have a pass rush. Uh, and the linebackers are doing a great job. Caden Ellis, uh, Andre Smith last week, and uh, Nate Lambin will make it back this week. You know, they don't let any runs get out big. Uh, so that's what they've been able to do is uh, slow down teams rush and attack, and then keep the big plays down to a minimum. But on the 31-yard uh, screen pass to Rashard White, that was Jesse Bates who took the bad angle inside and uh, let him get back to the middle of the field and score. So uh, even the great Jesse Bates can make a mistake here and there and can't bail him out. So, um, you know, they have to play the whole game, and we we've seen them. Uh, give up too many drives at the end and too many occasional big plays. You said can't get a pass rush. It seems like that ever since I've been having you on the program, that's been a theme for this organization now for how many years? I mean, it, I mean they they try to draft one, they can't get one. They you know I, I, what what is the deal? I mean, at some point you would think they could find a pass rusher. Yeah, they had one. Uh, big Beasley. He should be in his tenth year now. But uh, he he, he uh, went south there after the one big year in 16, and uh, he should be the one that's there now. They tried to get Montez Sweat, uh, but the Brewers uh, gave up a second-round pick. They didn't want to do that in that at the trading deadline. So, I mean, they know the problem, uh, but uh, they haven't had uh, success addressing it. Well, it could it could hold them back. All right, like you said, not a not a tough schedule. Uh, Carolina, Indianapolis, Chicago, and you close it out in New Orleans uh, against the Saints, and that could be the game. I mean, that Saints game could come down for for the division. What's your gut telling you on this Falcons team? Are they going to win the NFC South? Uh, no, my gut is telling me no because looking back at it, Gary, they lost too many bad teams. Um, they've only got one win over a team with a winning record, and that is uh, Houston. So, um, you know, the, the good teams beat the bad teams and, you know, march on into the playoffs. Uh, it, it just looks like this team might not be as good as we thought it was going to be. Before we close it out, and you look around the, the NFC now, man, the 49ers have made a statement. Um, the Cowboys made a statement. And now all of a sudden, you know, those three teams at the top, uh, it looks like maybe it's the Eagles uh, behind the Cowboys in the, in the 49ers. How do you see the the, the, the best uh, teams in the NFC playing out? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I think, uh, you know, Dallas, will, Dallas is looking the best, but we know that they have problems with the 49ers. So, uh, the Eagles look like they're heading in a whole other direction right now. Um, Jalen's going to have to get together, uh, and, and they're going to have to make another push up there. We're hearing some A.J. Brown rumblings and so forth. Uh, he's never done that before, so that's new, too. They'll have to get things fixed in Philly. And as far as the rest of the bunch, um, you know, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Falcons, Packers, Saints, all that group, you know, is anybody capable of getting hot and making a run? And none of those teams have a quarterback that suggests they can do that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a 
top-heavy in the NFC this year for sure. And in the AFC, we got ourselves a little bit of a log jam. I mean, there's some some good teams. I mean, would you go with the Ravens right now as the best team? Dolphins, of course, have injuries and and uh, somehow lost to the Titans on Monday night. Kansas City uh, lost at home to Buffalo. The Jaguars now are kind of coming back to the pack. Um, Ravens, is that your pick for best team in the AFC? Lost Orlando. All right, uh, Let's let um, Justin get him back on here because I want to finish out with his thoughts on the AFC. Might be something about his connection because I think we've lost him before. It just goes goes cold. But we'll see if we can get him back up because I want to hear his pick for best team in the AFC. And then we'll if we can't get him back up, we'll go ahead and go to the break because we're almost uh, we're almost to it anyway. But I uh, love talking NFL with D Orlando Ledbetter, particularly the Atlanta Falcons. But you heard him say it; he doesn't think the Falcons are going to win the division. And if they don't, I do think there could be some heat on. Uh, He's on Arthur Smith. So uh, I think we're going to plug Orlando back in for just uh, a couple of minutes. Yeah, we got Orlando back for just for a couple of minutes. I don't know what happened uh, there, Orlando, but I was asking you about your pick for the best team in the AFC. Uh, in the AFC, um, you know, uh, Buffalo uh, revived themselves. You got Kansas City over there. Uh, the Bengals are surprising with Jake Browning, but I don't think uh, you can sustain that. Uh, so, yeah, the AFC is uh, – you know, uh, you know, looking like the Chiefs' invitational again. Even though they got problems, they got to work out. Uh, Jacksonville keeps slipping up. You, you um, want to see them do better? And then, uh, you know, I don't know what to make of the West. Uh, although Denver's playing pretty strong under Sean Payton. Final thought, because you've covered this league a long time. You know, you're playing 17 games now. They've cut back on the preseason games. Not a lot of contact in practice. There's a lot of great athleticisms, a lot of great playmakers. Um, I, I watch these games sometimes on the weekend. They just come across as sloppy to me. You know, illegal procedures, uh, a lot of mistakes. It is is the way the game is, is played now and coached and designed uh, are we are we just not as fundamentally sound in professional football as we once were? That's that's a question for you. I don't know. I'm asking you because it appears to be the case to me. I'm not I'm not questioning the excitement of it or the playmaking, but my gosh, sometimes it's just sloppy, sloppy football when I turn it on on Sunday. Yeah, it is, Gary. And they stopped practicing after the 2011 collective bargaining agreement, and we're you know 12 years away from that. We just don't see. The same precision and execution right. uh, at a professional football level. There shouldn't be two people blocking one guy on the screen pass. Um, you know, they, they should have been in practice that. Um, X block, they were trying to make the cross block. Should have been something that uh, the 12th week in the season was done with precision and grace and power. Uh, you know, a lot of things we're seeing and people lining up offside 12 games into the season. Uh, Kadarius Tony and the the Chiefs game, you know, that that was just unacceptable football play. Too many men on the field, uh, you know, you're seeing that. Uh, and, and, you know, just the coaches don't have enough time to coach football uh, when, when they're playing walkthroughs and touchdowns and tagging people to the ground. Uh, it's just they're not practicing football. So the quality of play that we're seeing on the field on game day is really the practice level stuff that should have been corrected. Uh, but it's getting to the game, and um, you know, as long as the TV ratings are up and people are watching and they're making money, they're, they're, 
probably not going to be able to go back and fix this. Nope, they're not. And you said it all right there. Making money, TV ratings are good. Uh, and it, we've got a generation of, of people who are going to grow up with this kind of game, so they're not even going to di- know the difference. But I agree with you. I, I, the quality of play, way, way down. Awesome as always, Orlando. Uh, you know, Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, yes, no doubt. Uh, you can find me on Twitter on Orlando AJC, our website uh, for our subscribers, AJC.com. And we love when you all download the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you, Orlando. 1017 here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, we are excited that uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts is uh, with us now, and they're splitting up the hotline with uh, First Domain Condominiums. And, you know, Krispy Kreme, hot and fresh anytime, man. Get by and see them here in Tuscaloosa. A uh, tradition here in West Alabama, the Smith family and Krispy Kreme Donuts. They've got all those holiday donuts, including the uh, ones that are designed around the, uh, the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. So get by and get you some hot and fresh Krispy Kreme donuts, whether it's the classic glazed or all the specialty donuts. And of course, that unbelievable uh, hot drink menu they have as well. Coffee and other hot drinks for you at Krispy Kreme of Tuscaloosa. We'll be back. We're wide open for phone calls in the next segment on the Krispy Kreme donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. We'll be back after this. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Patterson Comas has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with location in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. Tuscaloosa size 62. Tonight fair with the low at 38. Tomorrow partly to mostly sunny with a high at 61. Saturday a dry day, but clouds will increase. The high Saturday afternoon at 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied.
to do it. Uh, enjoyed our hoops conversation with Bart Heights earlier, and he he picked Alabama to beat Creighton on on Saturday. I think they're going to win the game too, Justin. I think Alabama will go in there, Omaha, and and get the victory. I think Creighton's a really good team, but I think Alabama is going to have the uh, offensive firepower to win that game. I know what happened last night with Creighton, and you know they're going to have the mat on and all that, but you know. You know, win or lose last night, you still got to play the game on Saturday. I don't think they're going to be any more motivated to win that game because they lost last night than they would have been to win it if they had won the game. So it's going to come down to who plays the best on the court. I think Alabama's had this week off and been back taking finals, but also preparing. And even though they lost to Purdue, I thought they took a, a big step in the right direction there defensively in that game. So um, I feel like that, that Saturday Alabama's going to get a, a big uh, road W uh, against Creighton. Then, of course, next Wednesday night, they go play Arizona out in Phoenix. Right now, Arizona's ranked number one. I don't feel quite as confident about that game, but let's see what happens on, on Saturday first. As far as football is concerned, uh, the football team's going to crank back up this weekend, begin preparations for the Rose Bowl uh, against uh, against Michigan on New Year's Day out in Pasadena in the college football playoff semifinal. So after this break, it'll be good next week. I don't know how you feel about it, Justin, but it'll be excited to be talking to football again and have and have some some media content. I mean, we you know, Saban's been recruiting, the players haven't been available. So next week we'll get to hear from the coach, we'll get to hear from some players, and and quite frankly, I'm looking forward to that because it's been two weeks now since we've had anything uh, you know, from the players or the coaches in terms of, you know, media availability. So that'll be good. I was telling you at the start of the show, Gary, I'm I'm itching. I'm ready. It yeah. feels like we're in the off season again, but you can't quit us cold turkey like that after the Georgia game. I'm ready for some more Bama football. That's right. No way. I mean, we got to we got to get it cranked back up, and it'll make the show a lot of fun next week as we start winding down toward Christmas. But uh, at the same time, next week, a busy, busy week for Alabama. Um, they'll leave to go to Pasadena. I'm thinking right around, uh, right after Christmas, I'm guessing probably on the, uh, on the 26th or so to get on out there because this is the college football playoff semifinal. And this is the game where they build all of the, the longer, you know, trip and you do all the festivities and all that kind of stuff. You're there all week. You know, if they leave on Tuesday and the game's not until Monday, if they win that game, when they go to Houston now, they don't, it's not, it's not, it's just about going to play the game. I remember two years ago in Indianapolis, uh, they didn't go up. The game was Monday night. They didn't even go up until Friday. They went up until Friday. They went up Friday, and over the weekend, it was all about preparation and getting ready, and then Monday night played the game. So this is the game. The semifinal is where you have all of the um, bowl festivities and all the, the, you know, the, the functions for the players uh, because you're there nearly a whole week. You win that one, the championship game is just about playing the game. So this will be a, a, a big week of practice next week for Alabama. And then obviously when they get out there, uh, you know, you got to continue to prepare and you got to continue to be uh, dialed in. And because this game against Michigan is, is two really good teams. Michigan's 13 and 0 for a reason. They've been in the playoff the last two years. They're hungry. They want, they want their time at the top. I think they see an opportunity this year as the number one seed. They're saying to themselves, we should be able to win this thing. And, uh, of course, you can't win it if you don't beat Alabama. So you're going to have two really good teams that understand um, that the other team is in the way to get to Houston. So I, I think both teams will be good. I think both teams will be sharp. I think both teams will prepare well and be focused. And I think it will literally come down uh, on that Monday afternoon at the Rose Bowl to who, who executes. Because I think both teams will have a good plan. As I said, it would be nearly you know a month since they've played a game. Uh, everybody will be rested. Injuries will have been healed. 
I mean, it's just going to come down to who executes because I think these teams are, are fairly even teams. And, um, you know, I don't think this will be a, a route. I don't think this will be a game where, you know, one team wins by three or four scores. I think this is going to be a close, hard-nosed four-quarter football game, much like the SEC championship game. And Alabama is going to have to execute in the big moments the way they did against Georgia. Wouldn't it be nice, though, if we just go in there and win by four touchdowns? Oh, it would be. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be great to just go in there and mud hole them. I mean, that would be... That would be the uh, ideal circumstance if you're Alabama. We've seen Alabama do this to teams before, you know. I, I mean, in the playoff and in the BCS National Championship game when it was around. I mean, they've done it. They've just blown people out, whether it was Notre Dame, um, you know, a few years ago in the playoff, Michigan State when they were really good. Ohio State. Ohio State National Championship game three years ago. So they have the ability to um, to put it on you. They, they do. But um, – They'll have to uh, they'll have to earn it against this Michigan team. Like I said, this Michigan team is really really good. All right, it's ten twenty seven here on the Gary Harris Show, and we're going to get to the break and come back and visit with uh, my pal Jess Beagle on all kinds of topics: high school football, college football, and more. With the longtime sports anchor and host of the Zone from ABC thirty three forty, Jess Spiegel, next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here on the Gary Harris Show, time to welcome in my pal Jeff Spiegel, longtime sports anchor, host of the Zone, ABC thirty three forty, in for his uh, weekly Thursday visit. Uh, good morning, Jeff. What's going on? Good morning, Gary. How are you? Doing well. We're a week removed from the uh, Super Seven State Championships, or six days removed. We're wrapped up on Friday. Well had great games this year. One of the best weeks that I can remember for Super 7 games. I mean, what what a dud in the bunch. And it capped off Friday night with what we expected, an incredible game between Sarah Land and Clay Chalkville. I think most people kind of had Sarah Land in that one, but Clay Chalkville, yeah, they'd already beaten Thompson. You knew they were for real. And, um, you know, down the stretch, you know, Mbakwe playing quarterback, making plays, and, and they were able to uh, outgun uh, Ryan Williams and, and Sarah Land. What a, what a Class 6A championship game, and the talent on that field, Jeff, was unbelievable. I know. It's crazy. And you could argue the fact that Clay Chalkwell is the best team in the state, regardless of class. Well, absolutely. Because, you know, they beat Thompson. Of course, how would they line up against Central Phoenix City? I think they would more than hold their own, you know, against those guys. A uh, very talented team. I think Jalen Mbakwe. Uh, a week after getting knocked out of the game against Parker with a concussion, uh, comes roaring back and just has a tremendous game, 282 total yards. And then, uh, you know, Ryan Williams was just electric. You know, it was uh, it was really cool to see him play. And then, you know, you got K.J. Lacey, Texas commit, you know, playing quarterback for Sarah Land. And then you got D.J. Barber from the Auburn commit who makes the big hit on Lacey to, uh, to steal the victory. I I mean, uh, I, 
I sat on the zone Sunday night. I felt like I was, I felt like I was watching a college game. It was a Friday night game, but it felt like a Saturday game because it was just uh, there. There were so many great players on that field. Yeah, it it really did. It uh, it really did feel like a college game. And you know, on Wednesday night we had that seven A game, and and you and I had talked about it. There were a lot of people who thought that uh, Central Phoenix City was a better team than Thompson. I think they proved it. It was a close game. You know, Thompson missed a field goal there that would have given him the lead late. But I thought watching that game, give Thompson credit for hanging in. But I really thought Central Phoenix City should have won it by a couple of scores. So uh, I don't think it was a fluke. And the uh, Red Devils unseat the Warriors. And they were the last team to beat Thompson uh, for a state championship. And kind of like Georgia and Alabama, they 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 meet again. And this time Central Phoenix City and, and uh, Patrick Nix gets a state championship at the 7A level. Yeah, I definitely don't think it was a fluke either. Although Thompson did fumble the ball in the red zone uh, late in the first half, which, uh, you know, it looked like they were going in for a touchdown. But, you know, great players make great plays in situations like this. And Cameron Coleman came up with a huge catch and run, you know, that was the play of the game, uh, the Auburn commit, former Texas A&M commit. And, uh, and what a, you know, what a week for the Knicks family. I mean, you know, Patrick wins uh, the state championship on uh, – you know, on Wednesday and then the following Saturday, you know, they're there in the audience and uh, in New York to watch, you know, Bo as a Heisman finalist. And um, I mean, wow. I mean, uh, just a it's just been a year full of blessings, you know, for the Knicks family. And uh, wow, just, you know, congrats to them. Jane Williams uh, or Jane Daniels, I should say, beats out. Knicks and Penix for the uh, for the Heisman. Did uh, did you agree? Did you think that uh, Daniels uh, should have won it? Because a lot of people said, "Hey, I man, look at Penix. I mean, he led his team to an unbeaten record, uh, beat Oregon twice, and uh, Daniels, while having great stats, you know, lost three games." How, how did you see the Heisman? Uh, were you were you happy that uh, Daniels got the got the trophy? Well, you can't overlook the numbers, and, and there have been you know great players who have put up similar numbers in the past, and uh, and you know, and they were not denied the trophy. So I, I felt like I felt like there's no way you could deny him the trophy. I mean, he was the player of the year, you know, no question about it. I think Michael Penix, you know, certainly had his moments. He he had a lot of close games. Uh, certainly, he's in the college football playoff. He's certainly done a good job of leading his team. Um, I felt like Bo Nix should have been the runner-up. I mean, I know I'm a Bo Nix guy, and I beat the Bo Nix bandwagon every week, but I felt like the body of work you know, for Bo was better than the body of work for Penix. But, you know, Penix beat Bo head-to-head twice. Uh, so I get that. So I get why he finished second. But uh, still rather disappointed that Bo uh, got third. Alabama going to be cranking it up this weekend to begin Rose Bowl preparations for, for Michigan. I was saying earlier on the show, it'd be good next week to have some media availability. We haven't had uh, any in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks now since the SEC championship game. Uh, this will be the game, Jeff, because you – you have to plan accordingly. This is the the semifinal game is the game where they go out early. I think they're going to go out the day after Christmas, and you're out there, you know, basically the whole week, and you do all the functions. And then if you win, then you get on into the championship game. I think they fly in on Friday, and you play the game on Monday. So this is more of the traditional week, but it's it's important what you do here before you leave, isn't it? I know once you get out there, you're 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 dealing with functions, but you're also dialing in to play the game. But this week of practice in Tuscaloosa is crucial. Oh, yeah, no question about it. I mean, and, and all the preparations, the haze in the barn, as they say, you know, will uh, will be in the barn before they get on that, you know, big old jet plane they get on. 
and uh, and head out to Pasadena. When they get out to Pasadena, I mean, it's just going to be, you know, some some touch up stuff, some final, you know, preparations. And and look, you know, everyone I've talked to, you know, pretty much agrees on this. You give Nick Saban all this time to prepare for an opponent, and he's pretty he's pretty good. I mean, you, he he finds out everything he can find out, you know, about the opponent. So uh, Michigan's in a lot of trouble in that regard. But on the other hand, you know, the Wolverines aren't here by accident. I mean, they're a really good football team too. But uh, but you're right. I mean, this this next week is going to be, you know, very important. Get all that, get all the preparation done out of the way because there will be so many distractions and so many media uh, that you have to take care of when you get out to Cali. Some news coming out today uh, from another program that Jalen Milrow announced that he is going to come back next year to play at Alabama. I don't think that's uh, a surprise to you, Jeff. Oh, no, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, no surprise at all. Yeah, I mean, he's still still got a lot. uh, Really, I mean, you know, in in terms of like, you know, NFL ability, I mean, he's, he's still got a lot to prove. He's still got a lot to do. I mean, you know, you see even the games that he excels in, you can go back and look at two or three plays. You could go, oh, he overthrew that guy. He underthrew that guy. Or he ran probably when he should have gotten rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's still not 100% there. And this is a layman speaking. I mean, I'm certainly not a quarterback guru. But uh, but I think he needs another year of uh, polishing. And, uh, and also, this is a guy who has a chance to win the Heisman Trophy next year. So there are a lot of personal accolades out there, you know, that he could uh, he could achieve as well as, you know, fantastic team goals that are out there for this team. And certainly if you're Alabama, now you know you're set at quarterback and you start to, you start shaping that roster as far as who's going to fall in behind him to compete for the number two job and also for, for the future after he leaves. So it's a good situation. Let's talk about Auburn for a moment. Uh, of course, you know, still stinging from that Iron Bowl that they, they let get away, but they're going to have a Music City Bowl date with Maryland. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa, I don't know if a lot of people realize he's the Big Ten's all-time leading passer now. Uh, for Auburn, Jeff, how big is this game to, to have a winning record in Hugh Freeze's first year as opposed to a loss that puts you at six and seven? Does it matter at all? I know recruiting is their priority, but does doesn't, uh, doesn't it still mean something to try to finish with a winning record in your first season? I do think it matters, and there are going to be a lot of Auburn fans up there. Look, Na- Nashville's Nashville's a cool place. You know, it's a great place to visit. So the Auburn fans are going to pack that place. Uh, they're going to be all up and down Broadway. They'll outnumber the Maryland fans certainly by a wide margin, and uh, and it and it should be a fun week. And hopefully, you know, the Tigers will make it a fun week. You know, for their fans to come up to see them play. But yeah, I mean, it's very important that they, you know, they, they bring that they bring that carry over from the Iron Bowl, and I know it didn't end right. It didn't end the way they wanted it to, and it was a nightmare of an ending. But they can certainly not make Auburn fans totally forget about that finish. But they can leave everyone with a you know a good taste in their mouths if they go out and they perform well against Maryland and they take care of business there. I mentioned uh, Talia, of course, his brother Tua. I want to I want to ask you about a couple of the Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. I want to focus first on on Bryce Young, and we know what's happened with Mac in New England. We'll get to that in a second. I mean, you know, he's just a rookie, but man, alive, it, it's it's bad right now. Do you worry about 
Bryce losing his confidence, even though it's his first year in the league and his whole future's ahead of him with the kind of beatings he's taking every week and with how bad that offense is and the way that he's struggling. Uh, and, you know, you can say get to the offseason, but I'm not sure they'll be much better next year. Well, this is where it's a blessing, where, um, you know, his dad has a uh, – I think his dad is a psychologist, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, he and, is. Uh, and and, and this, is, this is great that he's got that in his family because I'm sure it's getting in his head a little bit in terms of, you know, uh, can, can I do this? You know, can I pull this off? And he's an extremely confident young man, but he's won everywhere he's been. I mean, uh, probably from the youth league level, you know, up through Alabama. So, you know, he's getting a taste of this. And look, if I was him, I would find out what Peyton Manning's phone number is, and I would give him a call because Peyton Manning has been through this. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning won everywhere every, at every level until he got to the Indianapolis Colts. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, he went 1-15, in 15, and he threw a ton of interceptions that first year. So I'm sure it was kind of getting into his head, too, as to, wow, what do, do I belong up here? You know, so I would be getting in touch with all of the guys who have gone through a similar situation like this and just try to and try to get my head right. And uh, and just this this is a tough road being an NFL quarterback. And there are some definitely some bumps and bruises you have to encounter. And uh, he just got to get through this valley so he can get to the peaks. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they don't pay you all that money for nothing, man. You got to you got to try to try to earn it. I mentioned New England. Of course, the focus there seems to be on whether Belichick comes back. But um, is Mac Jones going to come back? What do you think? Is this is his time going to come to an end with the Patriots? I mean, clearly he's the backup yeah. now to Bailey Zappi. And I, you know, I hate to be too hard on Bailey Zappi, who put up some big numbers at Western Kentucky. But when you're on the first round draft pick and you get beat out by Bailey Zappi, it ain't good. Uh-huh. It's not. And, and, you know, we have a mutual friend, Johnny Condon, who's a big Patriots fan. Yeah, uh, no he kidding. Wants, he, wants, he wants Belichick out. He wants Mac Jones out. I mean, he wants the clean house there. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you look at – if you just look at things, and I mean, certainly Mac is a guy, too, who's going through some through a really tough time right now. And, and I don't know if he's ever going to be a top-level – NFL quarterback, but I do know this: it ain't going to be in New England. So, uh, so we'll see where this goes. Jeff, let's talk a little hoops. Uh, Alabama last Saturday played a good game, had a chance to beat Purdue. Um, they got Zach Eady, as so many teams do. I mean, um, but had 19 threes in the game. <laughs> you know, you usually you score you know 58 points from the from the three point line. You uh, or 57 points from the three point line. You think you should win the game, but but they didn't. That week off for finals, and and now they get another crack at a top 10 team on Saturday out in Omaha against Creighton, a Creighton team that's coming off a you know rear end kicking against UNLV last night. So interesting game Saturday. You think Bama goes in there and gets the W? Well, I don't know. That's a tough ask. You know, but I think. When you schedule these games, you you need to win one or two. Of them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's great to have them on the schedule for your for your NCAA tournament resume and everything, but but you got to win a couple of them, and um, and certainly uh, I don't I don't know if Purdue was the more was the most winnable of those games, but going into Omaha and beating Creighton, especially after they took a licking, uh, is going to be is going to be tough. And then then you got to go against the number one team in the country in Arizona, over in Phoenix. And uh, and that's and that's a tough ask, but you know that, that they got to raise their level of play. And uh, with Purdue, I mean, Zach Eady's a tough guard, 
they're not going to play a tougher center the rest of the year than Jack Eady because uh, this guy is – when you go 11 for 11 at the free throw line, and then you can pass the ball like he has, and you've got shooters that can knock down shots, that that makes it re- really tough when you're trying to guard a 7-foot-4, 300-pounder. And for Auburn on Sunday, a lot of focus on the game against USC because Bronny James is playing for the Trojans, and there's a lot of buzz that LeBron might be in attendance there at the Auburn Arena, Jeff. Yeah, and there have been a lot of NBA scouts who want to get into this game who can't get into this game. Uh, that that's, that's, that's the overwhelming amount of interest in this game. Uh, a lot of media certainly want to be there. A lot of NBA scouts want to be there. And uh, I've never heard of NBA scouts being turned room. away, though. That's, I know. That's, I know. That, what, that, that's what we heard from the Auburn SID, that, uh, you know, they're having a hard time accommodating everybody. So hmm. it's uh, certainly to me, I mean, um, my experience has been, you know, the SID uh, takes away a couple of media spots before they take away NBA scout spots. So that's the way it's probably going to pan out, Gary. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. This is probably going to be, you know, one of the one of the most incredible games you know to ever to ever be played at Neville. And so uh, there's going to be a lot of electric- electricity in that building, and the Auburn fans are going to bring it, man. They always do every game, and uh, it's going to be quite a show to see. Yeah, I'm glad you said Neville Arena. I called it the old Auburn Arena, but it's it's Neville Arena now. Um, yeah, so we've got that kind of interchange right now, intersection between college football and college basketball. It's an exciting time. Uh, I do want to ask you about where we're at with with college sports now, the portal. And it's for all sports, but right now I guess the focus is on football and, and, and we see what is happening with teams that are literally in the playoff <laughs> playing for a national chance to win a national championship. And you've got players from these schools going in the portal. The, the, the biggest one is Malik Murphy, who is Texas's number two quarterback. And he's in wow. the portal, and he's not going to play in the college football playoff semifinal in the Sugar Bowl against Washington. I mean, I just keep saying it, Jeff. I know you and I have talked about it. Everybody says, you know, we got to do something. I just continue to say, who's going to do what? There's just and the de- and the timing for this portal is awful with the yeah. postseason looming, Jeff. I mean, this is a problem. Yeah, there's nothing to do. I mean, they they can't uh, they can't put the genie back in the bottle, as they say, and uh, and and that's just that's just going to be an issue. And to me, to me, it's not it's more of a reflection on the young man than it is on the uh, than it is on the NCAA. I mean, if you're the number two quarterback and you've got a chance to play for a national championship, dude, suit up for the horns and play two more games. You know, because look. I mean, we, we found this out in 2009. Colt McCoy took a hit from Marcel Darius. And then, holy cow, you know, here comes the backup quarterback. Can't even remember his name right now. But, um, but you know, that it, they need the number two guy. And, and it's, it's too bad that that guy had to make a decision like that and, uh, and let his team down. Yeah, Gilbert, uh, Garrett Gilbert was the Texas quarterback, I think. Garrett Gilbert, yeah. yes, absolutely, yes. Thank yeah. you. All right, Jeff. Awesome uh, conversation as always. And uh, know there's uh, more where this came from on the zone on Sunday night. Be an interesting uh, conversation as Bama gets ready to crank it up, as we said. We'll be cranking it up for uh, Rose Bowl practices. 
Yeah, we'll also be talking about a big bowl game, Jack State, first ever bowl game in school history. Uh, they're playing Louisiana. We'll talk a lot about that and, and, uh, and so much more with the playoff and all the issues we discussed. That'll be Sunday, 1035 on ABC 3340. Gary, really appreciate the plug. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, and I'm glad that Jack State was able to get in a bowl game. Jeff, real quickly, since you brought up Jacksonville yeah. State, I did not sure. uh, ask you about the, the loss of Bill Burgess, who I, I said kind of epitomized oh. when, you, when you thought of a football coach and you saw Bill Burgess, nobody had to tell you. You just said, that's a football coach, right? Yeah, love him. Uh, I covered him when we were in uh, Huntsville. We covered Jack State when we were at uh, Way TV there. And then for one year when he was at Jack State, when we signed on at ABC 3340, there there wasn't a better guy to deal with that I've ever dealt with in my life when it came to coaches, high school, college, whatever. He was just a terrific, terrific guy. And um, thoughts and prayers are certainly with Rick and the rest of the Burgess family. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right, 1049 here on the Gary Harris Show. we got one segment to go. We're wide open for phone calls in this final segment. If you want to give us a, uh, give us a ring on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. We'll be right back after this. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Haven't already? You've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny weather continues today. Tuscaloosa's high 62. Tonight, fair with the low at 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 61. Saturday, a dry day, but clouds will increase. The high Saturday afternoon at 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1052. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris and Justin Jones. One more segment with you before we turn it over to Kristen and Corey Miller for the Miller's Edge. I just really can't get over this Florida football schedule. And I'll, I'll, listen, 16 teams, Texas and Oklahoma coming in. I mean, listen, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. There's no doubt about it for all, for everybody. But this Florida schedule and – and I love Sanford, but that's really the only game you look at and you just say that's the only gimme on the schedule, man. I mean, now they do get their first three games at home. So that's, I guess that's good. They they get uh, Miami, Sanford, and A&M all in Gainesville. But again, listen to this. Then they go to Starkville to play Mississippi State. 
They play UCF in Gainesville. No gimme there. They're at Tennessee. They're home against Kentucky. They play Georgia and Jacksonville. And this is that stretch we talked about. Georgia and Jacksonville at Texas. LSU and Gainesville. Ole Miss and Gainesville at Florida State. So out of 12 games, really, Sanford is the only game that you look at and you just say that that should be that should be a gimme from for Florida. Not Miami, not UCF, not Florida State, and obviously not the SEC. So if your school, you think your conference schedule is tough, I still say look at Florida. I mean, that's just, uh, that's unbelievable. And I do think Alabama's is tough too. I do. I mean, I ran it down, you know, ran it down earlier. But if you're, you know, Alabama fan, you shouldn't, be too concerned because you know Alabama's Alabama but they've got a, a tough road to hoe as well and you got that game at Wisconsin so you've only got seven home games too and most of these SEC teams have eight home games but when you're playing one of those big games on the road that means you've only got seven home games so you got five road games which is never you know, ideal. They had five road games this past year as well because remember they went down to uh, Tampa to play South Florida. But again, Alabama's schedule opening August 31st at home against Western Kentucky, then at home for the return trip from South Florida September 7th, but then it's at Wisconsin September 14th, the bye week, the first bye, September 21st, and then a stretch of five straight SEC games before you get to your second bye. At home against Georgia, at Vandy, home against South Carolina, at Tennessee, home against Missouri, then you get to buy, and then you finish up with LSU, Mercer, at LSU, home against Mercer, at Oklahoma, and home against Auburn. So you get a break in there with Mercer, but those other three games to uh, coming out of the second buy, at LSU, at Oklahoma, and home against Auburn, those are, you know, those are big ones. So it's um, going to have to earn it. Now with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, it's going to be even more difficult we won't have divisions anymore, which is a good thing. That's a good thing because now we'll just be able to line up and, and have the, uh, you know, the two best teams out of the SEC playing the conference championship game regardless with, you know, no divisions. Gary, a big story that I've been seeing, um, we knew that Georgia was going to be coming to town. We just didn't know exactly when or, or times, but these hotel prices in Tuscaloosa for the September Yeah, what are they like, like four or $5,000 a night? Yes, yeah. It's absolutely absurd. Jeez. I mean, that's why. So even for um, a motel, I guess Motel 6, right? You wouldn't think that expensive. $400 to stay there. Mm. I mean, these places insane. are going to try to make their money when they're, when they're in demand. So you'll have some people, I'm sure, that try to stay further out. Um, you know, try to find uh, um, Airbnb, you know, or try to find... Most thing, mostly what people will do, and I got hit up a couple times this year, is try to find friends to stay with while they're in town. That's what a lot of people are doing. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. The show has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23. Back here tomorrow for the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Miller's Edge is coming up at 11 a.m. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.